Yeah, so welcome back. Episode 2, Stay Low Podcast. Your boy, Steve-O. And, uh, you know, if you checked out the episode 1 of our inaugural episode, just want to say appreciate it. Just getting started. You can tell we had to get some new music because that other shit was whack as hell. But, you know, we're going to consistently get better with this thing as time goes on. But um, I know I tweeted after the first episode was out that my daughter called me and um, told me that if I really wanted to take it to another level in the podcast game, that I should talk about her. So I'm going to take her advice and I want to talk about being a girl dad and specifically a black girl dad today in today's climate. Um, Whenever I talk to other parents, specifically black parents, specifically black dads with black daughters, first thing I always say about parenthood in general, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Like you might as well get that idea out your head as soon as you have your kid or you're about to have a kid. Aiming for perfection is just unrealistic. And that's one thing I learned is growing up, I had a child young. I had a child when I was 18, but you know, even looking at my parents, like I don't judge or blame them for anything. Like no parent is perfect, but especially being a parent now and also being an adult in general, there was nothing I could say they did to where I could say I didn't understand or that I didn't respect because I get it. And our jobs as parents some of the first things is, one, you want to provide a safe space for your child. And when I say safe space, that's not only, you know, when they're home and they're in your presence, but teaching them the tools and giving them the tools to when they go out in the world to protect their own peace, their own space. And, you know, make sure they're safe in general. Um, and then, you know, also love. You want to let your child know that you love them unconditionally. And I, and I firmly believe you don't know unconditional love until you have a child. Like You love your parents, you love your wife, you love your grandparents, you love your friends, but when you have a child, that love you real different. So I just want to start by saying that, like my approach to parenthood is just understanding you ain't perfect. Like just move that out of the way. But um, you know, if you want to know, like I'm 30, and like I said, I had a child at 18, so my daughter's currently 12 in middle school. Um, yeah, and I just, you know, raising a, being a man and raising a girl is, you know, a lot of people say it's tough. And I think being a parent is tough, but one thing I, I try to do is make sure that she knows, like I said, I, I love her unconditionally. Like, there's really nothing she could do that could make me not love her, but also, I try to come up with ways to prepare her for the world and have them have her understand like how the world is going to treat her. So not raising her in a defensive manner, but for example, like you hear a lot of stories about generations before us about them not having representation in certain spaces. So like they didn't know certain things were possible because they never seen not only a black person, but a black woman, sometimes even just a woman in certain roles, in certain positions. And since I've been alive and come to have some sort of knowledge or awareness of the climate of things, like I've noticed that a lot of things have not, I'm not gonna say always existed, but have been somewhere around to where, yeah, the masses may not have seen representation or 
Like we may have not seen back in the day, we may not seen a film with a black woman as a star, but there may have been communities where as you're telling stories within the community, there are stories to be told to where there were black women who were the center of the story. So as time went on, like, yeah, movies would come out and there were black films being made with black stars. They may not have been the biggest films. They may not have been the blockbusters, but they existed. Same thing with literature, same thing with music. So as I raised my child, um, I do it with purpose and intent, but I want her to know that like, you didn't have to go out of your way to find that black women could do it too. So even from a young age, like I started her library, the children books, I try to always have black women on the cover or black girls, excuse me, on the cover of the books or let a story center around a black girl or her dolls always be black or the Barbies always be black. Um, I started a little gallery in the crib. It's all black people and it's black girls. It's black women. It's black love. Um, I try to surround her. She has a great black mother, but I try to always surround her with, you know, supportive, um, morally centered black women, whether that be, you know, my business partner, um, Melita, who I think is a, you know, extremely brilliant and, and kind woman amongst other things, or even my closest friends. Like I want my daughter to see that everything is possible. Like in, in whichever way you were like black women come in different forms and fashions, but they're all beautiful. They're all, you could be a boss. You could be a teacher as her grandmother, my mother, Etc. So I just try to make her life seem as, or seeing black women in different spaces as normal as possible without her having to wonder like, hmm, I've never seen that. Can black women do this? Can black women do that? Like you already know it. When you grow up, it won't be a question of, can we do this? Can we do that? You already know you can. Um, and I think also, I know, I understand how big representation is because I was born in East Point, but I was kind of raised in McDonough, Georgia, which is in Henry County, about 35 minutes south of the city. And being there, you know, it was a good old boy town when we first got down there. It was very white. We had our, you know, our black folks and there were some successful black folks. We had our hoods and as any community. But, um, you know, my parents split. My dad moved back to the Swats. And when I would go spend weekends with him, I would see I would understand to see like. Greenbrier Mall, and my dad worked for Bronner Brothers, so a black-owned hair care company. My sister went to Clark Atlanta. I would see that, like, the difference between not saying struggling black folks and successful black folks, but understanding that we could function in any walk of life, whether it be, you know, I've seen poor people become successful. I've seen black folks be have a successful family and come from that and continue the success. I've seen the middle class family. And in when I was with my dad in Atlanta, he would, you know, take me through Greenbrier and show me, like, ask the, the stores which stores were black owned and which ones weren't and understand how community dynamics worked or if you went to a um, you know, a nail salon or dry cleaners owned by Indians or the nail salon owned by Asians, he would ask, you know, what brought you to the neighborhood? He just would want to know. And, you know, they would, some people were open to it. Some people would be like, no, get out. But <clears throat> they would even, you know, you start to understand community dynamics and how, you know, they may come make money in this community, but they would even go take care of their own. So I would bring that approach to not only my thinking, but also to my child in the sense of, 
she needs to see that black people can support black people and also black women can be great and support each other and black men can support black women and it not be you know, considered abnormal or something rare. So I often try to, you know, subconsciously <laughs> reiterate that in her mind, like I said, with the literature we keep in the home, with the photos we keep in the home, with the women I bring her around, with films we watch, with the shows we watch. And there's nothing wrong with, of course, appreciating or watching like other things. Like my daughter loves watching the drag queen show. Like she loves watching stuff that I'm just like, what? I don't get it. Like, I don't know how you became interested in this, but hey, I'm with it. I sit there and watch it with her sometimes. Like, so I just, and that, that's even a sign to me that like, I'm raising her correctly. Like, she doesn't have really a sense of judgment in the sense of when people decide to, you know, approach life how they want to and want to be purely themselves. I think she understands she has the freedom to do that. Like, and that, that's just a sign that I'm doing things the right way. Um, yeah, so I, I just want to now get into the tough part. Um, you know, a lot of parents, there's a lot of discourse around discipline, um, especially from being a black male, you know, disciplining, you know, the black, a black woman or raising a black woman. Um, and I, I know I, I struggle with that. I'm not perfect. I, I don't I don't spank her or, or whoop her. Not saying I don't believe in <laughs> I don't believe in not sparing the rod, but. I know I do have, like, doing my reading and understanding how psychology works, I do have this thing to where I don't want my daughter growing up thinking, you know, violence equals love or, like, specifically in her romantic relationships, um, whatever that desire may be, but specifically with male and, and female domestic violence, I don't want it to get her to grow up thinking, okay, this man hit me. But he could also still love me because my father showed that it was possible. That's that's just my personal thing. Um, you know, I'm not afraid to say like I've been spanked as a child. My grandma used to tear my ass up. But and, and I had a family where anybody in the family could whoop you, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. Like I believe in it. If you know somebody could, people in my family can spank my daughter. They have, but that's just like I said, my personal, my personal thing. And um, but you know, I struggle with it because I try to, I do raise my voice a lot. A lot, <laughs> and it, and it. She often tells me, you know, she doesn't like it and it hurts her feelings. But one thing I try to do with her is, um, you know, always keep that open line of communication to where, like, if I get into a, a yelling spout with her, and I have to repeat myself several times, you know, eventually we come back to it and I have to explain to her like how it got to that point, not whether it was right or wrong, which I know I, I could be wrong at times, but just understanding like you didn't listen to me the first five six times, and I I had like. I had to get stern for this reason. Um, and also, you know, taking things away from her, the cell phones and all that, that's that's a part of it. But um, I know I have insecurities in the parent in the sense of like, I always want to know I'm doing the best of job as I can. Like once I'm not trying to be perfect, but you know, you watch these shows, Iyanla and, and, and uh, when, what's the show when everybody gets together and, uh, and uh, talk to somebody with a drug problem or something like that, intervention. And like, you hear these people say, well, when back in the day or when I was 12, you did this, you did that. I try to kind of, I want to <laughs> like make sure we have as least of those moments as possible because I firmly believe they're going to exist. Um, like I said, because there's no such thing as being perfect, but um, I try to always communicate with her and ask her, 
hey, is there anything I could be doing better as a parent? Um, and I'm, I know I'm not perfect, and I don't know if, you know, it's the power dynamics in a parent-child uh, relationship, but, you know, she she always says I'm pretty good. You know, she just says, I wish you would stop yelling at me, but I tell her, like, I wish you would listen. <laughs> if you listen, you wouldn't, you know, if your grades are good, and which her grades are good. She has a B average, um, but, you know, she's fallen, gotten C's here and there sometimes. But I just tell her, like, if you handle your responsibilities and you listen and, you know, you get good grades, then you won't hear no, you won't hear any yelling. And um, and that you know, that goes to like, I won't stop yelling at her just because in the sense of like, like I said, as a parent's job, it's our job also not only to love you, but prepare you and give you the tools for the world that you're going to be operating in. And in this world, when your job and you get a job that funds your lifestyle, pays your rent, supports your kids, etc., some things may happen to where you're going to have to be prepared to handle them, whether it be your boss yelling at you, whether it be disciplinary actions or something of that nature. So you have to be prepared for it. And I, as much as you want to raise a peaceful and, and just extremely kind child, you also have, like, have to prepare them for what may curveballs may come their way. So you have to be stern with your kids, even though it, that statement, it hurts you more than it hurts me, is very valid. But um, that's a balance a lot of parents struggle with, especially me being a, a male, like I said, raising a female. Um, it can get tough. Um, yeah. And, and and I also try to like, I'm a traditional, I'm a traditional guy. So the, the gender roles and things I firmly believe in for myself and her mother. But I don't try to tell her that like she can't do something because she's a girl or boys do this girls do that but i am the kind of father that, like when she wants to talk about hair or nails or something of that nature i, <laughs> I clearly explain to her listen i love you but this ain't that i i ain't get call your mama now uh, well well you you here with me these couple of days but if you need to get your head like my, my mama can do it your grandma can do it your auntie my sister can do it i i kind of <laughs> I'm not afraid to tell them, like, look, I love you. And if I could do it, I would. But that ain't necessarily my forte. And that's one of those things where, like, yeah, in a perfect world, a father doing this daughter's nails and hair would be perfect parenthood. But listen, I ain't perfect. And I ain't trying to be. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just. But lastly, um, with Ray being a girl dad, man, raising these kids is just. You just. Yeah, and the last thing with you know being a girl dad, regardless if regardless of if you're with you know your your daughters or even your kids, um, no matter what gender they are or consider themselves as, <laughs> um, you want to make sure they understand that you know you you value black women um, so they can understand and know what it looks like to be valued as a black woman specifically. Um, I, I, I take it very serious how I treat my daughter's mother when she's looking and when she's not. So how I treat her overall. Um, valuing her as a human in, in, in her experience. Because just as much as I had a kid in 18, senior in high school, she had a kid at 17 in junior year in high school. And, you know, I, I appreciate her always, you know, sticking with me and understanding my life journey because it ain't been the easiest. And 
we've been able to parent this beautiful child together. And for that, you know, I always love, value, and appreciate her. And um, I think it's extremely valuable and imperative that my daughter sees that. So whether she sees me with, you know, how I treat her mother, how I treat black women in, in, in life in general, and also, you know, my significant other, I think all those, and you know, my mother, family members, like all that factors in so she can understand, um, you know, black women are valuable no matter the dynamic of the relationship, whether it be romance, friendship, acquaintanceship, business. I think my daughter has seen me, you know, interact and behave with women in all of my relationships. Like, of course, she sees me with my mom, my sister. She's seen me with her mom, you know, a girlfriend, etc., friends. So um, it's just another part outside of parenting and raising your kid. Um, letting them see you how you receive and, and interact with black women and how you value and appreciate them in daily life. Not just like I'm not I'm not one of those people who are really into gestures. Like I understand the importance of them, especially with a kid, but like adults, I'm not really in the into the hey, let me just do this to show you I care. I just rather just care. So I I, I really put a lot of weight into how my daughter sees how I treat black women on a daily basis um and i know i said last thing but also i saw a kevin hart quote and it's, it's not a direct quote but i know a lot of people approach parenthood like this with um and a lot of people don't but parents allowing their kids to see them as who they are and not just mom and dad and i find that version of parenthood to be um ideal um not just saying for everyone, but I just I love that approach because as I got older, you know, I saw my parents as just mom and dad. But as you get older, you start seeing them for the people they are. Um, and you start I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling because you always knew they were human. But when you start seeing their personality traits and what hurts them, are they insecure? This makes them care. This like how they like to have fun, etc. You start viewing them in a whole different light. Um, and that's I know that's what helped, you know, revamp my vision of like. Oh, okay. I understood why you did this to me. I understand why you spanked me here. I understand why you punished me here. I understand why I couldn't go past this stop sign in the neighborhood. I understand all of that. So I try. My daughter follows me on Instagram. My daughter listens to this. She's going to listen to this podcast. She knows what I do for a living. Like, I feel like my daughter really knows me. So when she sees things, um, not sees things that's inappropriate or anything like that. When she sees things, like adult things, I don't think it shocks her. Like, I don't know what you like. Some people will, if they once they turn sixteen, they may see go to a a night spot like a a spot that's just you know they have a dance floor and see their parents cut up <laughs> on the dance floor and be like, what the hell? But my daughter, if I went to any spot with her or she saw something, she wouldn't be like, what is my dad doing? Like she would kind of understand who I am as a person, and and I, and I find value in that. I feel like that allows me to be a better parent and human to her. Um, of course, we have to draw a line in the sense of, look, you can know me, you can think I'm cool, but we got to draw a line from, you know, parent to child. But like I said, I do find value in that. Um, and yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much my approach to it, my opinion to it. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be right or wrong. I just wanted to, you know, have a discussion and talk about it. Um, I know it's a lot of girl dads out there. Um, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. I know he's kind of started that. That trend um, of that, that that hashtag, but um, 
yeah, man, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at, at stevozone 4 and Instagram, same thing. On Twitter, it has an underscore at the end, though, so at S-T-E-V-O-Z-O-N-E, the number four underscore. Instagram is the same thing without the underscore. You know, we can tweet, talk about it some more. I'm cool with that. And I appreciate everybody tuning in to episode two of the Stay Low Podcast. I'll holler at y'all next episode.